If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Coming up on this week's podcast Unlocked here, episode 394, we're talking about Sony and Microsoft's historic arrangement with regard to cloud computing, a partnership between Sony and Microsoft. Yes, you heard that right. Plus, Call of Duty, uh, some drama going down in Call of Duty land with specific regard to next year's game, which, as you uh, may know, is probably going to be the one that launches alongside Xbox Scarlet, plus Splinter Cell. Was a new one just teased by a, a very senior developer at Ubisoft, or was he joking? Ubisoft says he was. I'm not so sure. We'll talk more about all that and more coming up on episode 394 of the world's number one Xbox podcast. Podcast Took me four tries to get the intro right. I was going to say the intro was so good. It's like you had three practice <laughs> that runs. That wasn't even that good either. The one we're actually going with was not really that great. That's but too bad. I'm going to blame it on the fact that it's late afternoon. And, and I'm, Monday. Yeah, and I'm exhausted. That's so. Uh I'm Ryan so McCaffrey to, going around the table. Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Mark Medina. Hi. And... You gonna bam it first, or you want me to go? Bam! Destin Lagary, <laughs> there it is. Destin Lagary, uh, good to have everybody here. Brendan Tyrell is—he uh, is lost down down a, a well. We need to send Lassie to find him. He's 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 down there scheduling E3 in his well. We drop down some food sometimes. It's like here you go. <laughs> yeah, good just, luck. just lower some stuff down. Like uh, it makes weird. Like yes, food. <laughs> <laughs> and like yum, it, yum, yum. in the Goonies, he sends up his Letterman jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the Goonies. Anyway, uh, we're recording early this week. It's Monday late afternoon here. So if stuff breaks on Tuesday, that's why we didn't talk about it. Yeah, it's super slow today. <laughs> I know, right? It worked out. I'm on the road for the next two days. Miranda, you're on the road for the next three days. Mm-hmm. So we figured, well, and then Brandon's stuck in E3 scheduling hell, and that would leave. Uh, I, I'm out tomorrow, guys. too. Yeah, Mark's gone tomorrow. So 
it, it just sort of worked out that here just we are. Be destined by himself. You just be saying "bam" all over again, <laughs> several times between a few news pieces. You know, that, that's, yeah. that'd be it. I actually would want to hear great. that show. You yeah, host, so you, know, you I, host your show, Miranda. I host mine. <laughs> yeah, the Bam episode. <laughs> so here we go. We've got a lot to talk about. That's the good news. And I think, by the way, for those wondering, I've gotten some inquiries about this. Next week, I think we'll do our E3 predictions for Xbox, Okay, which should be a really fun one because it looks set to have a very, very big conference. I predict they'll be at E3. Thank you, Destin. <laughs> a bold, one for one. Per- a yeah. bold See, prediction. the kind of things you would get on the Destin show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just very factual things that we already factual know things for sure. followed by a bam. Yeah. You know, actually, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> for more of this, tune into twitch.tv slash the Destin channel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> actually, it's true. I've seen, yeah. I've seen yeah. some streams. So. All right. Well, let's, let's get to it. I want to start with uh, what the internet is abuzz about. Sony and Microsoft mm-hmm. announcing a major partnership, and it is with regard to gaming. So mm-hmm. they uh, announced a partnership to focus on improving cloud gaming, AI solutions, and more. The two tech giants signed a memorandum of understanding, which is basically a contract that's not a contract, that established both companies will explore, quote, joint development on future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services, end quote. They will also explore that the use of current Microsoft Azure data center-based solutions for Sony's game and content streaming services, noting that these efforts will include building better development platforms for the content creator community. I've got statements from both of them here before we discuss this. Uh, Kenichiro Yoshida, the president and CEO of uh, Sony, saying, quote, For many years, Microsoft has been a key business partner for us, though, of course, the two companies have also been competing in some areas. I believe that our joint development of future cloud solutions will contribute greatly to the advancement of interactive content. Additionally, I hope that in the areas of semiconductors and AI, leveraging each company's cutting-edge technology in a mutually complementary way will lead to the creation of new value for society. End quote. Mm-hmm. Everybody else at Sony was like, we're doing what now? Yeah. Well, we're getting to that. <laughs> you're, you're making a joke, except you're not. No, I know. Uh, Satya Nadella, of course, the CEO of Microsoft, saying, quote, Sony has always been a leader in both entertainment and technology, and the collaboration we announced today builds on this history of innovation. Our partnership brings the power of Azure and Azure AI to Sony to deliver new gaming and entertainment experiences for customers. Well, uh, I I call this smart business for both of them. Yep. Yeah, you know this is if you if you ever needed more proof to just kind of look outside the fanboy bubble mm-hmm. and realize no th- these companies do not hate each other the way that that a lot some of the fanboys seem to hate each other. Like no, these are companies with goals and they're yes you can compete but also still cooperate too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. If they hated each other, then Xbox One wouldn't have a Blu-ray player in it. Sony is That's one true. of the owners of Blu-ray. Like They've been working together a long time, and now there's always been this competition, and now you got Google Stadia coming out of the woodworks, <laughs> and they're like, we got to team, team up now <laughs> to fend off the Google, the Amazons, all these cloud gaming. I mean, they're going to go cloud gaming, but they're, they're going to team up to do this it. This weirdly reminds me of when, on the anime side, Crunchyroll and Funimation, which are two of the leading anime streamers in the U.S. specifically, um, teamed up to share licenses. It's like, hey, Funimation, you do all the dubbed 
you know, Crunchyroll will take over the subbed. Um, that was kind of as Netflix and, and Amazon were getting in the anime game. And they're like, hey, look at us. Look at our big old, you know, library of anime versus, you know, trying to take on like Amazon and Netflix, like yeah. build themselves together as a, like a better stable competitor. Not that, you know, Microsoft and Sony are like way bigger than both of them. Sony actually owns Funimation. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's actually interesting to see how these come together. That relationship has also broken up since then. So I'm just kind of like, how <laughs> yeah. long it will, will we'll how long will this last? <laughs> I just hope we get, we get cross progression, cross saves that where we can just play on yeah. whatever platform we want. You know, yeah, I mean, this, this is, like, I, these, I, like if I want to play Division with you on Xbox and I'm on PC, I would like to be able to do that. I'd I, also like. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I was, was actually just, thinking about a, a thing on the PlayStation side. It's like, hey, I love how with my Xbox, like my stuff will just save to the cloud. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. It makes my work so much easier. But mm-hmm. when I work on PlayStation, I'm like, did I back it up? Right. Did I forget? Yeah. D- do I have to go home now to get my save? Mm-hmm. Which just feels a little silly. So it is cool to see that you know this innovation is happening and maybe for. The system that we don't primarily talk about here, but you know, just seeing that change happen across the gaming sphere is nice. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's what we're looking at. I don't think we're looking at any sort of crossplay, any sort of. I think these two are, are competitors as far as their platforms go, and I think that's going to stay the same. But I think they're going to find common ground when it comes to cloud gaming. Oh, for sure. And and. Like I, I just I don't see it going any further than that. I feel like the technology behind some of Sony's stuff is going to just get better, mm-hmm. which is ideal. Well, because well, Sony is the one that's behind in all of this. Sony has PlayStation yeah. Now, but PlayStation the Now stuff, yeah, like yeah. kind of sucks and like it hasn't changed since it came out. Where uh, Xbox has the like Azure platform or whatever it's called. Yeah, I mean that's the thing here is if if they're both developing on Azure, then that's going to make it easier for game developers, which mm-hmm. in turn is going to make for better experiences for gamers. Yeah, I do think that uh, crossplay will happen. I think it would have happened regardless of this arrangement, but I think this will only help it happen because mm-hmm. if there's already this sort of underlying uh, cloud-based, you know, network infrastructure. So cooperation. They just have to agree to it. Like the right. Rocket League people, Cyanix has said, like it's literally a button. Well, and, like, and remember, literally uh, we have to put Epic, on, a didn't on. Epic turn it on accidentally yeah. for a yeah. little while yeah. before having to turn it back off? Yep. So it's all doable, and I think mm-hmm. I think we'll get there sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, they were all up on stage at the Game Awards, right? Yes, the three of them. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> I think they. Of this, right? <laughs> I think they accidentally turned it on the same way Casey Jones accidentally murdered the Shredder at the end of the initials. <laughs> Oops! Oh, with the oh, garbage truck. On. Oh no! Wow, that—that that is a, you know it's a murder, that right? Is a, that is a killer throwback. <laughs> 1990 Teenage Mutant Everybody Ninja Turtles. Everybody watching gets the 1990 yes. Ninja Turtle reference. Yeah, where he just kind of comes over and he's like, yeah, uh, just hits the hits the trash compactor in the that garbage is, truck. That is a kid's film. He is literally he is like crushing a, a man to death. You know, it's funny. I was uh, two years old. <laughs> I, that was, uh, I loved that movie so much. Like I still I, like it. I met yeah. my best friend in life because of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like we were both just huge fans of it. And yeah, it, as a kid, I never really grasp of the weight of, uh, <laughs> pardon the phrasing, of, of the fact that this man was being crushed to death in a garbage truck. <laughs> but yeah, it is rather dark, isn't yeah. it? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew 
knew that. So I think they accidentally turned on crossplay the same way <laughs> Casey Jones accidentally murdered a human being in the Ninja Turtles movie. I'd watch it, but I we I gave no you more, the DVD for no like more, three months. No more viol it was like a year. <laughs> it was way longer than three months. I don't that's too much violence for me. Oh man, I missed you guys last week. <laughs> this is good. Uh so a fun side note to this, which Destin alluded to earlier. Apparently, people in the in the PlayStation organization, the, the PlayStation division of, of Sony, were uh, caught a little off guard by this, as reported by Bloomberg, who is, of course, not, not exactly a rumor monger. They're a major U.S. news source. According to sources familiar with the matter, negotiations between Sony and Microsoft began last year and were led by Sony's senior management in Tokyo, mostly without the involvement of Sony's PlayStation branch. Managers reportedly had to calm PlayStation employees and, quote, assure them that plans for the company's next generation console weren't affected. And, and before you kind of look to goof on this, it, it is if you were if you were a uh, maybe like a network architect or a network engineer working on PS5 and you heard about this like in the press, mm -hmm. you would you would justifiably be like, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> Hold Wait, on a second. Me, what what, what am I doing now? You would be yeah. a little freaked out. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's, I guess there, I mean, you got to have corporate secrecy on mm -hmm. some, especially when it, like a deal of this magnitude with a, with a big, you know, not only just Microsoft as a fellow huge company, but as a, you know, kind of business rival. But man, it seems like maybe there was a, a little bit of a communication <laughs> breakdown. Honestly, mm. I probably should have pre-briefed at least the managers to uh, to avoid you know For giving sure. people heart palpitations in, at PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, I see these these companies as just being like these enormous companies, especially if you're talking about all of Sony, which does so much. Um, and I know how things happen at like other even smaller companies from them, and just like how things don't really get noted to people below them. Yeah. Just like, sorry, you got to find out with everybody else, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, I'm, it is very surprising to hear that they weren't aware, especially the PlayStation branch that's going to be working on this. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yeah. here you go. <laughs> it's a little scary. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But should end up being a good thing for gamers in the end, for sure. I have little doubt about that. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not such a good thing for gamers. Time will tell. Mark, uh, actually, Mark, I'm glad we've got Mark yeah. and Miranda here, yeah. our two biggest Call of Duty fans, because... Uh, seriously, a major shakeup in the world of Call of Duty this week. Uh, tip of the hat goes to super reporter Jason Schreier of Kotaku digging this one up. Another another uh, win for him on the reporting side. Sledgehammer Games, who they're based here in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. uh, they were responsible for Call of Duty World War II and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare prior to that, and then they sort of helped with a team effort. Uh, their their first project being Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 mm -hmm. in partnership with Raven uh, after the whole Infinity Ward scandal happened with Jason West and Vince Zampella, you know, everything going to hell mid-development and those guys uh, being fired by Activision. So, you know, really two sledgehammer projects are, are in the books. And next year, 2020, would have been their turn, as most of you guys probably know. There's a there are three Call of Duty development teams, three lead development teams. You got Raven Software in, in Madison, Wisconsin, as a support yep. studio. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been they've been doing, and then they did the remaster of of Modern Warfare. But yeah, they've been on a three each with a three year cycle, so each one takes a turn, and it just goes in a rotation. Well, uh, per Jason Schreier's report at Kotaku, Sledgehammer is apparently 
out as the lead studio of next year's Call of Duty, which again, 2020, that that game will probably launch alongside the Scarlet and the PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. So this is a a big title. Yeah. And uh, Sledgehammer will now apparently serve as a support studio for Treyarch, who is being pulled up from, uh, they would have been 2021 because they went last year, 2018. So they're being moved up a year to 2020. Treyarch will lead the way, and that game will be Black Ops 5. Yeah. And it it will have a campaign. How often does that happen? You get moved up and you have more content. (laughs) It's... It's also very weird that we exist in a world today where we technically don't know what Call of Duty 2019 is, but we do know what Call of Duty 2020 is. Yeah, that's a little that weird. doesn't happen. I mean, we, we already talked about it. We, we'll be finding out about Call of Duty 2019 yeah. within the next month, basically. Very, very soon. Plenty yeah. of rumors yeah. as well as to and what we, that is. We're like, sure, it's Modern Warfare 4, but I don't know for a fact that it is. But if you read through all the rumors, you assume it is. Um, but, like... This is like official confirmation that Black Ops Five is like a thing. Well, well, it's reportedly. it's not official, Activision, sure. but it's 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 quality reporting, mm-hmm. digging it up. Uh, you know, Activision's certainly in no rush to, <laughs> to yeah, confirm yeah, yeah. it. They, but they're gonna act like none of this happened. Yeah. So, uh, Activision has informed developers at Sledgehammer and Raven that both studios will no longer be in charge of the Call of Duty game scheduled for 2020. Instead, Treyarch who, as I said, last developed 2018's Black Ops 4, will reportedly be taking over and leading development on a new Black Ops game for next year, Black Ops 5. Raven and Sledgehammer were originally supposed to lead the development of the 2020 game. According to Kotaku, the plan was to set that game's story mode during the Cold War. Conveniently enough, Kotaku reports that Treyarch is also setting its story mode for Black Ops 5 during the Cold War. So... Um, first of all, let's talk about the, what that means for blackout. This that's been a topic we've discussed a number of times. Like, what's what is that? What's going? What's going to happen with battle royale and blackout this year? Go free to play. And so with <laughs> but and with with Treyarch on next year's game, you've got only one year to bridge basically instead of two. So you got to figure there, there's almost certainly going to be some continuation of blackout this year right to keep to just keep that alive and going it, i mean it definitely seems like it would make it easier to keep blackout around because blackout is something that like you would expect okay infinity ward is this year and then if sledgehammer was next year and then treyarch after that so treyarch would be 2021 uh and they just keep blackout on their game then blackout by the you know, the day before that game comes out, the only way to play Blackout is on a, you know, essentially almost three-year-old Call of Duty. And now, you know, that's not the case. Like, right. this this year, the game's going to come out, and then people will just continue to play Blackout, and then the lead-up to 2020 is just going to be to the next game that will essentially should have Blackout again in So in what I could see them doing is potentially having, like, blackout as a mode like kind of as part of every call of duty going forward like mm-hmm. if, if they want to maintain it right um right. and have your account progression tied to like your gamer tag or whatever you've signed up with and it essentially just kind of pulling into the mode and with every launch of a new game they could add like a big mm-hmm. expansion or something to celebrate it and i think if they did go free to play 
maybe having like buying the new game gets you like exclusive content to that game. Makes sense. So it's like, hey, I obviously own whatever it is, the mm-hmm. new Modern Warfare or something, if that's what it is. And there's like special stuff tied to your account that shows that whenever you're in blackout. And then the next year, like even bigger blackout extravaganza having to work back. What mm-hmm. they, what they can't do thing. is they can't fracture that player base. Yes. For Blackout. Yeah. That would be really, really bad for Blackout because it's a really, really popular mode in the Battle Royale genre. Mm-hmm. If they were to be like, okay, this next Call of Duty has its, a different Blackout mode and you have to buy it to get access to the map, it would fracture the audience and you would mm-hmm. effectively damage both player base sure well right. and what's going to be really weird is whenever this year's call of duty comes out so how's it going to go like people are going to you know play multiplayer and they're going to be playing with a team and they're going to be like hey let's uh let's switch to blackout and you have to you know eat best case pop out turn that game off and turn that or worst case you have to change discs and be like all right cool we're right. we're getting on blackout now instead of being able to just back out and go to another mode like how they do Fair now point like yep. that's it's gonna be very strange if they continue to sort support blackout, but it's not on this year's Call of Duty yeah. in one way or another. What else has Activision got going on? We'll see. I mean, Call I mean, of Duty. They canceled everything else. They they, they had no more. Deaths they had Sekiro game. earlier this year. They yeah. did publish that. I don't, I don't think they have any game. shortage of money. I I just I just think got, that in this space, the battle royale space, blackout is what they have, and I don't. I don't know if this year is going to have another battle royale, so Blackout is just going to be their claim to fame to that genre. I mean, that would be the, I'm saying the smart thing to do, but <laughs> I'm saying Activision is a parent company. They got no other plays that they're making. It's this. It's Call of Duty. Well, and, and King. And that segues right into what I what I wanted to also talk about here is sort of the future of Call of Duty because you know they've been on this three studio three year dev cycle for a long time. Um, that's got to be extraordinarily difficult to mm-hmm. uh, to undo if the, if that's yeah. the, so. What happens in 2021? Does does Infinity Ward, who is s- scheduled to make this year's game, mm-hmm. are they going to now move to a two year cycle and they'll fill in? Tw- are they going to be 2021? Right. Is Sledgehammer going to be given another chance and to you know have whatever a new vision or a new? Are they going to are they going to get another shot or uh, I worry, and again, just we've seen we've seen so many studio closures and layoffs and mm-hmm. tough news. I, I let me preface this: I, of course, do not want this to happen at all. But if you look at the facts, uh, you had Michael Condry and Glenn Schofield, the mm-hmm. the studio heads and co-founders of Sledgehammer, that uh, are gone now. They yep. they are both gone. Uh, Condry started a new thing at 2K. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what Glenn's up to. So the studio heads are gone, co-founders are gone. Uh, Schreier's own report says that Condry's been pulling Sledgehammer people over yeah. his new thing yeah. at 2K, which is not unlike what happened with Infinity Ward, of course, when Jason and Vince left mm-hmm. and started Respawn. Um, so, you know, sort of a similar story there, maybe. And so if you've got, uh, I don't want to, I won't, it's not my place to say an understaffed sledgehammer. I don't know. Maybe they are fully staffed. But they, if they've had a lot of turnover and change mm-hmm. from the top down, uh, and now you've got Activision pulling them off of lead duty for next year's Call of Duty game, I worry that they might, they might after, after they finish supporting Black Ops 5, I hope they're not going to get mm-hmm. closed down. 
or just go the route of Raven. Best case would be be a support studio for other Call of Duty. So games. my like, my again, I super don't want this to be the be true, but just to continue the devil's advocate approach. Do you need if you're Activision? Do you need two support right, studios, right. or do you, you know, use to, that money to open up or to somehow acquire? another studio to get it back on the three-year dev cycle yeah i mean that's what they could just give them time to rebuild their studio i hope so mm-hmm. like find new yeah, leads figure awesome. out what that studio looks like for their development and then it's just strange what's again. what the ripple effect this is going to have because treyarch right. is now hard at work on you know assuming black ops 5 uh infinity ward should be more or less wrapping up uh, but so we got Black Ops Five coming up, but Sledgehammer is supporting Black Ops Five, so they're not going to have anything ready for 2021 because they're supporting Black Ops Five. Even right. if they get off of Black Ops Five, let's say at the beginning of 2020, that's not enough time to you're, turn around you're totally right. a game for 2021. So then, does Infinity Ward push whatever this game is out the door, and then they instantly have to start working on 2021? Well, I, I, yeah, I think you might be right. I mean that. I, I, there might not be another choice. Like right. you might have to say to Infinity Ward, "Okay, sorry, you guys only have two years for your next game instead of yeah. three, and then maybe you can reset after that, and you know, re kind of maybe that gives that buys time to f- figure out Sledgehammer's situation and then get everybody mm-hmm. going back on three years again." But I mean, yeah, I think you're right, Mark. Yeah. Is is at? I mean, Treyarch for sure is probably not thrilled because they, well, they, they were if, they're in the middle mind, of production if i can read something from his article yeah. as well uh it says you know some people are not pleased already bracing for the brutal overtime hours they faced on last year's black ops Oof. 4 uh others have told kotaku they're already excited about the change as they have a solid game plan that isn't likely to change drastically unlike their last two projects and then he puts in parentheses here we'll have more to share about treyarch and the development of black ops 4 in the coming weeks makes me think that there were some development issues we don't know about with black ops right. 4. and now it's like they they pushed out black ops 4 and it's like whew, all right three years to now start working on our new game and it's like nope two years and just so you know, when Black Ops Five launch, you'll have another two years after that. And and the fact that yeah, Black Ops Five uh, essentially coming out for the new consoles. You know, it's going to be for for both PlayStation Four yeah. and PlayStation Five, Xbox One, and Scarlet, which has got to bring in even more stress because now they're not just making the next game they're making the next game for you support a lot more for, platforms yeah. yeah for five platforms instead of right. just three and to be fair if um Treyarch was already planning for black ops 5 you know which they should have been they're mm-hmm. probably doing it with next gen in mind so yeah oh, definitely yeah that's yeah. yeah for sure yeah that much is true but i know call of duty's the madness shooters but i am so tired of call of duty just <laughs> take a five-year break and like Come out with a bang! In I can't five do years. that. Well, I think that's the problem. Is you said like, what else do they have? And it's like, it's. I mean, I know they can. They have yeah. other things, but like at the end of the day, Call of Duty is still like the number one selling game every, every single year. year. Every year, it's still going. <laughs> so it's, it's like you're leaving so much money on the could table. Could you really imagine not. a year without Call of Duty? I wish there would be a year without Call not. of Duty. But Destin, what would we it's play? Been, it's been in a staple in like most of my you, life. You reviewed <laughs> WW2, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played about half of that campaign. Black Ops 4 came out. I played some zombies, played a little bit of the map, and I'm like, I'm out. Really? You know, like, I just can't get into them anymore. It's been the same game for so long with minor changes. It's true. 
if it were a couple of years ago, I'd be, I would be more in the boat. I'm a big Call of Duty fan, so like it's it changes enough for me where I still love it. But Blackout, whew, you like Blackout? Blackout. So I know you love Blackout's it. Great. I still yeah. play it almost every day. Yeah. Like, nice. well, we yeah. we took a big break. We were all playing it for a, a long time. Then we took a big break, and now the map flooded. I don't, I don't know if it's because the map flooded. Alcatraz <laughs> is here. That new Alcatraz mode is so fun. Um, yeah, Blackout. What a video game. But yeah, so I, I mean, at the very least, yeah, Treyarch got just got told that your development time yeah. got cut by. A lot, yeah. So that's going to be tough for them. And then, yeah, I think I think you hit it, Mark. You got to figure Infinity Ward now. At least they they probably haven't started their next project unless maybe like early pre-production, right? But they they'll they'll be in a much better position to plan for two years, yeah, rather than 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 the three that they assume they had up Mm -hmm. until you know very recently. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a strange one for the next, at least on the development side. Yep. For the for the short term of Call of Duty, so we'll see. That's a uh, that's tough. I I hope that the work life balances of these developers yeah. are are yeah. able to be respected and and uh, kept healthy. But yeah, you guys, yeah. nice. and then well, and that's that's why I bring it up, and that's why I read that excerpt. Is it's I'm like not joking? Actually, unionize. <laughs> that's like a thing right now. Oh, is yeah. is you know crunch with Anthem, and there was he just wrote an article about. Uh, CD Projekt Red about mm-hmm. how they're very famous for doing crunch and y- I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. That article's really weird. Oh, uh, and I, didn't read it. I don't know. I guess you don't really think about it with Call of Duty, but a- apparently it's a thing and it's everywhere. And it's now everywhere. I mean, it's that's a the unfortunate thing. It is. It is everywhere, and that's no. that's why it's coming up so much because it's like, hey guys, like the things that you love that are being made are made by people who work very hard, and sometimes what they're asked to do is, is a little bit too much, and like that's why no. we're. Having it be a bigger thing helps hopefully solve that issue, right? Yeah. Um, so with this happening, you just only hope that, mm-hmm. yeah, they're respected and everything shakes out. To- the Activision isn't coming down and being like, sorry, we have a schedule to keep to. This person, can, they can delay their game. They can do whatever. But Call of Duty comes out, uh, you know, the first week of November. And sorry, guys, nothing changes that. Like that that's a, that's what's happening. That is a huge topic. I did not come prepared to delve into, but it's a <laughs> problem running rampant throughout the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I guess we'll hear about 2019's Call of Duty. You know, with by E3, Should if not sooner, soon. and then yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with 2020 and 2020. 2020, 2021? Nope, that's not a year. That's a long time from now. That is... 2021. Call of Duty will still be around. (laughs) Probably will still be annual at that point. Uh, All right, next up, this one. uh, This blew up my Twitter feed. Obviously, everybody knows how much I love Splinter Cell. Julian Garrity, he's a creative director at Ubisoft Malmo (laughs) on The Division 2 these days, but he's a former producer... Big jokester. ...on both... Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, and the GOAT, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Known he, for a sense of humor. He tweeted with a, with a photograph of the, the people in question here. He said, working on the next Splinter Cell with Dan Hay, who was the executive producer most recently on Far Cry 5, and Roman Campos Oriola, pardon me, the creative director at Ubisoft Montreal on For Honor in uh, Lyon, France. And they were all at some French restaurant drinking wine. Uh, he says, "Can't wait for E3." And then uh, <laughs> that so, jokester, <laughs> what a good joke, Julian Garrity. So uh, really funny. 
Yeah, and that that huh. got that got noticed very quickly by the internet because that's what happens when you tweet things into a public space. <laughs> And you're a, a rather prominent game developer. And you use the hashtag Splinter Cell. <laughs> People yeah. notice. Uh, since his tweets, Garrity's Twitter image has been updated to include Splinter Cell's iconic night vision goggles. Mm-hmm. Throwing a little extra fuel on the fire. Uh, Ubisoft. Since then, by the way. He's what? changed it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's put it back. <laughs> well, it was for a little while. Ubisoft later issued a statement saying that he was joking. Quote, joking. Julian was obviously joking as Obvious. Julian obviously. likes to do. <laughs> uh, it looks like our creative directors are having fun right now. We do not have any announcements to make at this time. End quote. <laughs> Here's well, what happened. And he res- he's drunk. He's oh. out with his buddies. He accidentally tweets Splinter Cell. He knows he's in trouble. Well, and he responded to his own tweet saying, please don't retweet this. I might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know what to think of this. He, it's they're making Splinter Cell. <laughs> you no think one can it? be as obvious. Obvious. So I mean, there. It is plausible that he might have just been clowning around. How can that be read as a joke? He's drinking wine. He had a few too many glasses. <laughs> he yeah. tweets this thing with his buddies and forgets that he's not supposed to mention Splinter Cell because it's one of the core Ubisoft franchises. I don't think right? it's something you forget though. Well, I so, don't know. Maybe he was like, I'm doing it. I want to talk about this funny, project. Though. They're like, just one photo of like regular guys just smiling in the camera. The other is like two guys with, with their wine. It's just like, <laughs> they're having a good right, time. Y'all. They're kind of blurry. It's just like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't fault them, but for them no. to expect me to believe that they're Destin not Gary. The, the whole internet, <laughs> for them to expect us to think that this was like a big joke, come on. So I well, we know all Dest- know you're making. We know what so. Destin's E3 predictions are going to be. <laughs> these guys are great. Julian Garrity, awesome. Seems like a nice guy. You know, like uh, probably working on Splinter Cell. <laughs> so for me, I just I can't I can't take the toying with my heart. That's why yeah. I'm not going to buy into <laughs> this until because I I'm not. I'm, it's just boy who cried wolf. They just keep like teasing me and yeah. like oh it's. Uh, you know, Michael Ironside said this, or this person said that. The Walmart <laughs> yeah. thing from last year. Is, it's the only game that yeah. it hasn't come to fruition yet from that Walmart. So, game. yeah, I just, I can't. Oh, the Walmart Direct. I can't the emotionally invest in this <laughs> because I've been hurt too many times before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm, now in an, I'm now in a dangerous relationship with Splinter <laughs> Cell <laughs> where I just keep coming back. Oh, I can I say about this, like, again. all right, guys, you got our attention. You see, there's interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. let us know if for, you got. For let the, us know if you got any Prince of Persia jokes. <laughs> <laughs> for the third yeah. week in a row on this podcast, I like Ubisoft games. Don't care about Tom Clancy games, but for Ryan's sake, I hope it's true. <laughs> well, here's the. Th- but here's the th- here the problem now for me is if and when Splinter Cell comes back around, it's got to be good because you've you've toyed with me for so many <laughs> years at this point that uh, it's got to be good. So, I mean, Julian has a nice resume. He's worked on Splinter Cell before. That gives me some confidence. Uh, Roman, who worked on For Honor, Dan Hay, Far Cry 5. All right, that's good. I, I'm still, I would feel a lot better if, we get, if, if Clint Hawking is in on this because he, he was the lead on Chaos Theory, mm-hmm. and he left Ubisoft, went to Valve for a while, and... Mm. Uh, made it out of the Valve wasteland and actually came back. He's at Ubisoft again. So I I need him to be in charge <laughs> of the next one because I, I trust him. 
If it's true, would you want it this year? It won't be. You, there's, there's no yeah. chance in in hell that it's this year. Zero. Whoa, Ryan. Yeah, I don't think I'd want it. Kids listen. This or would year you? Anyway. Or would you rather no, wait it's, it's, for Scarlet? No, it's yeah, a next, for next gen, gen, gen for sure. At this point, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No. Yeah, at this point, just like just. Just everything, just wait. That's that's my problem with like, <laughs> like literally every game right now. Is like I'm excited to see more cyberpunk, but I I I mean I know cyberpunk's not coming out this year, but it's like yeah, I'm totally fine with like I just want everything to be PS5, Scarlet. Like yeah, I, yep. There's a, there's this a few generations. Games. Just let me let me finish all the games I haven't played for this gen <laughs> yet, and that'll keep me tied over until until next year. I hope Julian Garrity is writing the jokes in Splinter Cell. <laughs> That's for sure, because he is funny. Well, what a hilarious joke! <laughs> really funny. Uh, Chaos Theory actually had some good humor in it. I'm, FYI, I'm, <laughs> he probably wrote the jokes. <laughs> this is so funny. This joke about being happy to work on a game. Play the. Um, <laughs> that sounds so much anger. I'm. I'm <laughs> insulted. It's, it's a joyous it's, anger. It's. It's like a happy anger, but like you really come on. Like it's almost like insulting. No one's gonna believe this. Yeah. You made a mistake. I know you don't know what to say, but I'm not buying it, you guys. <laughs> there's like a, okay. There's a mission, probably the funniest writing in Splinter Cell: Chaos Theory. Who's by the way the overall plot of that game, despite it being, in my opinion, the greatest stealth game of all time. The plots completely forgettable but uh there's a level in i believe it's hokkaido japan where you're you're sneaking around this uh it's like an ancient japanese building and the floors like squeak Mm -hmm. as as you're as you're moving around and uh when you're snooping around there's a there's an npc who if you just stop and listen to him he's talking to a friend about how like hey man you think there are any ninjas here (laughs) and you, and uh, when you end up, when you come up later, and if you if you grab him and, and interrogate him, he'd be like, "I knew it! I knew there were ninjas here!" Oh and there's God. just a bunch of cool little <laughs> things in that particular mission um, that you got to put that anti ninja flooring in. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so here we go again with Splinter Cell. I want to say that it's a, this year. No, they're going to announce it this year at E3. I mean. I don't think so. No, really. I don't think so. And we're gonna t- we'll talk more. All Let's right. get into it next week. All when right. We make I mean, our that's predictions. True. Gotta hold off our predictions. So maybe Splinter Cell, maybe not. We'll see. Next this week, a new Minecraft game has been announced, but uh, it's not maybe what you'd be expecting. It's not Minecraft Two. It's not any other kind of Xbox game. It is Minecraft Earth, a Pokemon style. Pardon me, Pokemon Go style mobile slash augmented reality game for your cell phone mm-hmm. um there's a trailer out that obviously just shows it's a very stylized yeah. thing showing some it looks a lot like the first pokemon go trailer yeah like where you're like oh this looks awesome i know this isn't the game and, th- and that's okay yeah uh but if it looks you imagine cool. hard enough it can be that sure sure <laughs> minecraft yeah. in your world but i guess yeah. kind of even though this isn't an xbox game what i thought would make for an interesting round table here for a minute is to talk about how microsoft has uh, either, in your opinion, either taken good care or bad care of the Minecraft IP since they bought it. Because mm-hmm. if you look at, at what's gone on with Minecraft, um, Microsoft hasn't yanked PlayStation support for it. They haven't taken it off of any platforms. In fact, they've enabled cross-play with the Switch version mm-hmm. with Nintendo. Yeah, It's great. Uh, there's Minecraft Dungeons in development, which is a four-player you know, hack-and-slash game 
oddly for PC, because that seems like it should be an Xbox game, but it's not as of now. Uh, there's the Minecraft movie in development, and now there's this. So what do you guys think? Like, you know, because there, there was a... And history suggests maybe some justified fear of like, oh, all right, Microsoft mm-hmm. just bought this thing. Well, gosh, they're probably going to run it into the ground because that's what big companies do when they buy a cool thing that I like. But I, I would make the argument that they have actually taken really good care of Minecraft. It's, it seems fairly steady. Like, the updates, if you... If somebody didn't know that Microsoft had bought Minecraft, I don't think I don't think that information would change their thoughts on it at all. Like the growth from the game seems to be how you would expect it to have grown whether it was required by Microsoft or not. Like it just gets bigger and bigger, more and more people play it, it makes money and they use that property to make other things. I think it, Yeah, and I think the crossplay thing is huge, right? Like having that as a, a big part of Minecraft is excellent, I think. So Mm-hmm. I don't think they've made their money back. They spent a billion dollars on it, right? Two. Two billion. Two bill. Yeah. I have no idea. Two bill bills. Yeah. Bill Gates is. Two bill I don't know Gates how much is. Minecraft like, makes. But, I know there's like, a know? Steven Universe collaboration because they keep, they keep doing mm-hmm. those, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And but sets and stuff. So. They have not messed it up. That's I agree true. with that. Yeah. And actually, I forgot there's, there was the Telltale yep. game, too. I don't know yep. if that was before, if that arrangement was before Microsoft had bought it or I not. I don't remember. I don't recall. Either. It was around the same time. Anyway, that's over with now, sadly. Yes. Yeah. Rip Telltale. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So Minecraft expanding, but not uh, in any way that, that yep. takes away from the existing core Minecraft game. Yeah, they, I, they I haven't. Have Minecraft mobile on my phone. Yeah, they haven't really shown... Oh, yeah, the Pocket Edition? Yeah, it's great. They haven't really shown, like, what the game is. It just shows, like, uh, a lady's just skateboarding around, and she's just there's just, like, Minecraft properties all over, you know. So it's, like, it's kind of weird. Like, it, she goes to her house, and the dad's like, what do you think of the house? And she's like, oh, it's fine. And then they put, like, a giant, like, pyre on top of the house. So it's, like... I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I think it's more about like you're collecting pieces and kind of building up your world. So there is mm-hmm. an element of like getting nice. out and exploring. Yeah. So like you have to get things, and I don't I don't know if there's actually like mining involved or exactly yeah. how it works, but there's an element of actually exploring, kind of like Pokemon Go. They also uh, hint that you'll other see games. other people's crea- creations because she skateboards up on those two kids, right? And, and they've funny. made something, and she can see it. Yeah, I could and see so. this being especially fun for kids that play this because I know it's really popular with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you could just see one of them having a big old iPad just moving stuff around. Yeah. yeah. Could that. be cool. Does she do yeah. skateboard tricks in the trailer? Not too many tricks. Not uh, watching it. Straight through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, She's more um, worried about the Minecraft think, uh, stuff, I, think. I think they're more focusing on, on the her, Minecraft. She's on her phone on a skateboard? She's no, crazy. no. That's what's weird about it. Is she's like never. They, she's oh, implying it's it's implied because it always shows them on like a phone screen. But she's not on her phone. She just sees them every. Well, yeah. you know, like Why did I even it's answer that with an actual did, response? Did you see the what? Jim Carrey take on the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln car commercials? Google it. That's what I'm. Oh, from SNL, right? Yeah, from yeah. SNL. They're yeah, that was take. good. Anyway, uh, all right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do the loot box. That was the news for at least the week through Monday. Again, as we record early this week. This is a good one. It's relevant to current discussion. Steven from Nashville. Hi, Steven. He says, if we do see that Splinter Cell announcement at E3, where would you like to see the gameplay go? Into my hands on my Xbox so I'd I can like play it? Some stealth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. How about about some Very low stealth. bar. <laughs> <laughs> some good stealth action. It shows us doing a stealth. Call, Miranda. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is me as a host politely <laughs> trying to let you guys get in on the conversation. <laughs> me as a co-host being goofy. Before I let loose. Ironside. Get Ironside back. I think there was For probably sure. like a weird contractual thing that happened, so we couldn't do that one game. That game was really good, by the way. I still think that is a really, really strong Blacklist was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just weird not hearing Ironside. No, uh, we heard uh, it was just a small remember. No, it was... Um, he had revealed later on the media rounds for that Ghost Recon thing. He yeah. when he appeared as Sam Fisher in that Ghost Recon mission. I guess he he'd had a health issue oh, uh, yeah. in, in, around Blacklist and was unable to to perform uh, at that time. So oh. thankfully he's better now and yeah, bring him back. So hopefully he can come back. Uh, storytelling wise, I'm not really sure where they go because is is Blacklist canon? Like what happened by the? I end mean of that's it? the thing at this point. Yeah. You could reboot it, yeah, but blow. hopefully with with Ironside. I know he's at kind of an advanced age, but yeah, for the love of God, don't. I would yeah. be okay with a gameplay reboot, but you have to keep you'd have to keep Ironside. You would think that they would go the Ghost Recon route, right? Where Ghost Recon Wildlands is more or less a reboot. For you're totally fine to play Ghost Recon Wildlands without ever having played any Ghost Recon ever. Right or or seemingly even Breakpoint like they're right. they're all pretty all the Ghost Recon Joe Barenthal pretty independent mm-hmm. of each all. other from a certainly from a narrative Joe perspective that'd be the smart thing to do so yeah. for Splinter Cell yeah the only way I would play it is if it's a game that I wouldn't have to know like the lore like yeah it there's need to be some sort of and again not uh, a, you can play them all independent. Yeah, like if you play two and you didn't play one, you're not going to be like, what's going on? (laughs) No Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. I'm one of the biggest Splinter Cell fans out there, and I would even say, yeah, it's, there's, there's, there hasn't been enough good narrative development Mm -hmm. in that series for me to say, no, they've got to keep the story going. Like, so it's not like Metal Gear. Like my least, (laughs) my least favorite Splinter Cell is probably Conviction because it's the most actiony and the least stealth, uh, stealthy. I really, but I, I really like Conviction. But I really like, I actually think Conviction has the best story of all yeah. of them. Yeah. I like its story best. I like its the gameplay deal, the least. They take her daughter, his yes. daughter, right? And, and he's like, all right, you're all dead. Yeah, And, and, and there's some that. really cool uh, branching choices in that mm-hmm. game that, like, yeah. when you replay it and choose the other way, like, it, it a totally different thing happens. Mm-hmm. And there was, so there was some neat, neat stuff with the storytelling and in, hmm. in Conviction. And, I, I like Conviction, Ryan, because of the way it set up the scenarios for you to tackle and the different entry points that you could yeah. go at. Like, you can go in through the ceiling on this one, like, glass part. You can throw a grenade down, kill two people, then you know the guys are going to come through the doors. And just, like, the orchestration of it all. I can tear through that game pretty quick. But, I'd, I'd have a Let's Play on IGN from back in the day of that one because right. I like but, it so much. But Chaos Theory, I mean, that's my answer mm-hmm. to this is, of course, I mean, it. I effectively want to see Chaos Theory 2 from a gameplay perspective. And, yeah. you know, the difference between Conviction and, and Chaos Theory, I would say, is the Conviction is that it's it's sort of more set pieces that you have mm-hmm. some choice as to how to get through those set pieces. Mm-hmm. Whereas Chaos Theory, they're straight giant sandboxes. I- and you can... You can go all over the place and yeah. like the bank mission, one of the most famous ones in Chaos Theory, you can go in and out of that bank five different ways mm-hmm. and it's huge and there's so it's that kind of freedom that I'd love to see. So not an open world. Let me yeah. make that 100% clear. No, no, no. For the like love no of Metal God, Gear no. Please don't. But, <laughs> but, uh, but sa- you know, sandbox missions, oh, like kind of like Hitman, honestly, the, with yeah. the way Hitman yeah. is now 
where there's 38 ways to do a, mm-hmm. one thing in in, a, in one huge space in in Hitman. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm with you. It's got to be Ironside. I I think the best gameplay modern one was blacklist for sure closest to what you're looking for just more situational options is what you would yeah but blacklist did really well there was kind of one way to do everything in blacklist i do remember that like once you got to the chemical plant you had to very specifically go a specific route there wasn't really a lot of other ways blacklist did do a good job of kind of merging old school splinter cell with conviction Mm -hmm. where there was that the actiony element of you could tag the guys and then hit the button and come in and execute them all like in you know the just mm-hmm. one button i, I forget the name of it perfectionist but but yeah in blacklist <laughs> they you, it also fully supported a full stealth ghost playthrough where it would actually it would reward you with like experience points mission points yeah. for ghosting your way through that mm-hmm. you could then spend on on like equipment upgrades yeah. later so it would it would reward you in different ways depending on how you played so i never beat that game because i play on perfectionist for that one and i was just determined to do it the old school way yeah i got to like the 70 percent mark and then stopped nice yeah but i i just love the gameplay so much i didn't mind at all not beating it i play every stealth game the same i stealth around use all my gadgets i get caught They all die. Open fire, yeah. <laughs> I hang around in corners for a long time. <laughs> Every stealth really, game. Yeah, I get really stressed about them. I'm just like, I will wait here and watch these patterns for 20 minutes if I have to. Yeah, <laughs> can't do it. I try to, I try I to sneak by too fast. and I just can't I play with anybody else. I'm like, no, Mark has sorry. no patience. That's <laughs> not, what none at all. None Aww. at all. No. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Stephen from Nashville, thank you for your loot box question. Now let's go do some trivia real quick. John Miller from Oakdale, Connecticut. His gamer tag is Badger One One Seven Space JM. That would probably be for John Miller, I imagine. Uh, he asks a Halo Two question, so near and dear to my heart. Test you guys' knowledge. In Halo Two, what was written on the bomb used in the assault game type, where you had to go in plant the bomb? There's something written on that device when you pick it up. Does it does it say Acme on it? Does it say <laughs> spanker on it? Does it say hold on to your butt on it? Or does it say three, two, one, boom on it? I promise you it does say one of these four things. <laughs> I don't know this, but I'm going to guess B. Okay. What was that one? Spanker. S-P-A-N-K-R. So it's sort of shortened. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm going to say D. I like the three, two, one, boom. Three, two, one, boom. Okay. Destin? I'll say a Acme. All right. Well, nobody gets it. Dang it! What? I was going to hold on to your butt. Me too. Uh, Spanker Miranda is on the rocket launcher. That's where I know it from. Yeah. I knew that okay, I was one. Like, I've seen this that on was... here somewhere, but it's like I feel like I've seen it more recently than Halo Two. <laughs> I didn't pick the longest one because the ball is small, yeah. and I'm like, there's no way they could fit. Right. Hold on you to your butt. It. That's what happens. But that was the other one I was going to go for. Well, it's, it's like it has to be B or C. They wouldn't do D. I did. I I Google imaged this to make sure. It's like mm-hmm. just because I think like I think he's right. Let me just make sure. And sure enough, it's it is there. Got my explosives so, mixed up. Uh, John Miller, well done. If you would like to try and stump the panel, send in a trivia question 
with uh, an answer and four multiple choice uh, selections to unlocked at IGN.com. You can also, that's where you send your loot box questions as well. All right, it's time for us to hit the road. Literally, actually, you're hitting the road. I'm hitting the road. (laughs) Bye, guys. So uh, I'm going to Monterey tomorrow. Oh, I'm, yeah. okay. so I'm hitting the road. You're, you're, uh, you taking the coast route? Yeah, no, no, because I want to get there as fast as I can. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm the, going to visit family. They're okay. they're touring. Uh, they're from Iowa, but they're touring uh, the Monterey, the college there. Oh, nice. And so I'm just driving down, gonna visit for the day while they're here, and then and then you're gonna take the up. coast route back. I don't know. It is really nice. It depends on how many superchargers are on the way. There's one in Monterey. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, you'll need the one in Monterey. Uh, Maybe. It depends on what time I leave. The problem is, is I live in East Bay. So following the coast gets you into San Francisco, which is not where Marky wants to get. Anyway, uh, follow Mark's Travels at (laughs) markstravels.com. No, it's not a real thing. Sure isn't. I'm out next week. Oh, no. Okay, well... Yeah, I'll uh, be back. <laughs> Mark, looks like you might want to leave your E3 predictions with Mark. Oh, wait, I'm not here yeah. Tuesday, or so I think it's just you guys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're I'll done. send them in. I'll send them in. All right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for Destin Legary, Mark Medina, and Miranda Sanchez, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Unlocked 394. Just a couple more weeks to go till E3. Yeah. So, yeah, we got, I think two, it's two or three more shows until E3. Phew. It should be two after like this. Two. Yeah, I think you're right. If you yeah, record right. the week that we all leave, you would, right? No, yeah, yeah, ne- next week, yeah, two, you're right. Two more shows after this one. So, yeah. and then um, we'll do our best to get you a show during E3 as well. We got to figure mm-hmm. that, the logistics of it out. Mm-hmm. It's more just getting it on everyone's, getting all of us in the same place at the same time during E3, but we will figure that out. Uh, And we'll see you guys next week. Where's that outro button? There it is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.